What's going on? Hi, and welcome to the Gospel According to Mark podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and I would like to wish all of you a happy second Sunday of Advent. On this Sunday, we celebrate both the visitation between St. Elizabeth and our Blessed Virgin Mother Mary. With her inner womb, she has our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And also, we celebrate the proclamation of the Word of God by John the Baptist, or St. John the Baptist, who went from eating locust and honey in the desert to proclaiming the Word of God, which is extremely important. This episode is entitled, Changing Your Life Through Repentance. And if you are struggling to understand the mercy of the Lord, or you might find yourself dealing with guilt or shame, please continue to listen to this episode and also share it with a friend so that they may get the word too. With that being said, I'd like to start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you for this second Sunday of Advent. We thank you for the patience as we await the coming of our Savior, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, during this time, please keep our minds focused on you and not about anything regarding giving or receiving, Lord. Let us know. Let us be aware of the true reason for this season, which is you, O Lord. And we thank you for your sacrifice on the cross for us. We thank you for your mercy, your everlasting mercy. And we ask for guidance in these trying times, Lord. As we pray in your name, the name above all names, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, we'll be speaking from the Gospel of John today instead of Matthew. I know the past few episodes have been in Matthew, but I kind of wanted to spice it up. So, if you need to grab a Bible, now is the time to do so. Thank you. Open up your Bibles to John chapter 8, and I'll begin reading. While Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, but early in the morning he arrived again in the temple area, and all the people started coming to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and made her stand in the middle. They said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? They said this to test him so that they could have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and began to write on the ground with his finger. But when they continued asking him, he straightened up and said to them, Let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he bent down and wrote on the ground, and in response they went away one by one, beginning with the elders. So he was left alone with the woman before him. Then Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She replied to him, No one, sir. Then Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on do not sin any more. Amen. This is a great passage. Um, it talks about mercy and also about repentance. All of us sin each and every single day, and it's very hard to live the gracious life when the world is kind of like pure decent <laughs> in a sense but you know with all of these 
secular things, not saying all secular things are bad, but many secular things just spout all of this sin in your face each and every single day. And it's very hard to live, um, I don't know, a chaste life, a devoted life, an obedient life, really, because all of these temptations are thrown at you every single day and you might find yourself saying well goodness gracious i mean how do you expect me to live such a you know a life of goodness when i'm tempted every each and every single day i just don't i don't get it lord and you might fall on your ground after falling to something and be like lord have mercy on me because i'm weak and the greatest part about realizing that you're weak is realizing that with him you are strong and the lord he's he just he never ceases to amaze he never ceases to amaze me obviously you the listeners and just anyone who's a believer in them because he just provides for you over and over and over again you can't name a time where you asked for something from the lord And he didn't not only give it to you, but he gave you more than what you asked for. The Lord is just completely amazing. And the fact that he'll show up time and time again, even though we're so sinful. And you might be caught in guilt and you might not be able to shake that guilt. And guilt is a tool of the devil. The devil wants you to think that you're guilty even though you've asked for forgiveness. There's a difference between a contrite heart and a non-contrite heart. When you have a contrite heart, you actually mean that you're sorry. To the Lord, of course. And when you're not of a contrite heart, it just means that you don't want to go to hell, basically. So um, it's good to know the difference between those two. So that when you're asking for mercy, asking for forgiveness, that you are sincere in your apology to the Lord, because he longs to forgive us. And so often we run away because we don't want to face him, but he longs to forgive us of our sins. He thirsts for us, as um, Mother Teresa says. And it's important that you know to ask for this forgiveness, because forgiveness is an important tool in this world of sin. I'll probably give you an example of the importance of this passage. Say you're in some type of awful addiction. And I don't know if you're Catholic, you might go to confession or, you know, if you're Protestant or or Orthodox, you might ask for forgiveness straight using the main line, you know, falling on your knees and being like, Lord, help me, Jesus. And um, yeah, you ask for forgiveness. So when you ask for forgiveness, hopefully you mean it. Because if you don't really mean forgiveness when you ask for it, are you really being forgiven? Or are you just too scared to face the just punishment, which is damnation, opposed to salvation through an actual contrite heart? So you're in this addiction and you go and ask for forgiveness. And, I don't know, the minister, or you might hear in your head, Peace, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. 
and you're like, yeah, man, I ain't got no more sins now. I'm about to live the greatest life ever. Oh my goodness, I'm about to convert all these people to Jesus. It's about to be excellent, girl. And um, you just fall to the same thing, not just two days later. And you're like, bro, I thought... I thought I I thought I got over this. I mean, I I went to confession. I asked for forgiveness from the Lord. I was on the ground. I I did praise and worship on Sunday. Like, what is going on? And you're missing the point of go and sin no more. The Lord Jesus Christ said to us, go and sin no more. So if you're caught up in an addiction and you're not taking the actual steps, not just the spiritual steps of ensuring that you don't go to hell and ensuring that you write your relationship with God so you're not separated from him any longer through sin, you need to be aware of the importance of being sincere in your apology and also taking to heart and taking the fact of going to sin no more. I don't know. Maybe you might, I don't know, act out sexually and you might be ashamed of that and you finally muster up the courage to go to confession or go and ask for forgiveness from the Lord by praying through prayer. And you ask for forgiveness and you're forgiven because you actually feel bad. The guilt, the shame, and the separation is too much for you to handle. And finally, you ask for forgiveness. And, of course, you read, go and sin no more. But then it gets really hard, and then you feel the temptation, and you start just moving and jumping, and it's like, oh my goodness, uh, uh, uh. And then you act out sexually again, maybe. <clears throat> and you find that really hard to, to cope with, and you're like, this is impossible. How am I able to rid myself of this evil? Take the steps to lock this stuff down. If you're struggling with an addiction, notice the things that are triggering you to go down this line of, oh, 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 no, you know? And um, try to eliminate those. Don't keep them around. I don't know, if you binge on Netflix or if you scroll through Instagram for three hours on a Friday afternoon, take steps to rid yourself of those time wasters, those procrastination factors, instead of just giving into the temptation of drowning yourself in these worldly things that you can't take when you die. You might be struggling with gluttony and I don't know, (laughs) you might go to Chick-fil-A and order a Chick-fil-A sandwich and then eat the Chick-fil-A sandwich and then go back and order an eight count nugget and then eat that and be more than full. And then you might go back and get an ice cream cone knowing that you're full and that might be a problem. It is a problem because you're already full and you're getting even more than you need. So... Be aware of those things. Maybe you're eating to pacify that emotional turbulence that is within you. And be aware of that. Because food can't suffice that longing that you have. If you're lonely because you've been single for a long time 
and you're looking for an answer to a marriage or a spouse, you might feel empty inside and you might need something to curb that, you know, or to satisfy that. But you have to understand that only God alone can satisfy you. These worldly things, your husband, your wife, your children, your Game Boy Advance, I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> your Bible, well, maybe, but your Bible and all of these things can't satisfy you. Only God alone can satisfy you. So I encourage you to spend time in adoration, spend time in prayer, spend time in praise and worship so that you can hear the Lord's voice and you can understand what he wants you to do with your life so you're not feeling lonely and you're turning to sin when you're thrown with all of these temptations each and every single day don't even try to deny that you're thrown in the pit of sin each and every day and this world it's so easy to get triggered and then to act out in some type of sinful manner just because of all of these temptations that surround you each and every single day and it's very unfortunate. <clears throat> so to continue reading from the passage, when Jesus sat down and taught the people in the temple area, look at how he sits down and just begins to teach. When you're professing the word of God in public or to one of your friends at church or to a friend, you just have to meet them where they are. You know what I'm saying? So it's not you just go and be like, yo, John 316, man, yo, believe in Jesus and you won't go to hell. It's meeting people where they are and understanding their circumstances and growing from their circumstances to realize that either you are blessed not to be caught up in what they're caught up in or to realize that you can offer them something that they so desperately need. <clears throat> and to continue, the scribes and the Pharisees brought this, <clears throat> excuse me, this woman who was caught in adultery and they mocked her and put her in the middle. And that's what society is doing right now. If you're sinning, you should feel guilty, says society. You should feel shameful, says society. You should kill yourself, says society. If you're bullied or anything, society is whispering in your ear, slit your wrist, cut yourself, all these things, all these horrendous things that people are capable of. Remember that there are two people in this world. There are the people that take pain and they sympathize with others. And then there are the people that take pain and they are consumed by negative energy. So they have to spout that same negative energy over to other people because the pain is so deep inside of them and they just want to escape it, but they don't know how to. So they attack other people in an attempt to get those other people in the same pain that they are in. Understand that they had a plan to bring Jesus down. But Jesus was like, no, we ain't playing that right now. <laughs> so Jesus said, let the one among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. 
And at that moment, all of them heard that, and they just all walked away one by one. Because the same people condemning that lady were the same people who were probably committing adultery, and they just hadn't been found out yet. All of these people that are trying to tell you that you're bad or who are judging you, I don't know, maybe rate for your race or ethnicity or I don't even know. Like all of these things that people just find to try and judge you with, it's unacceptable because why are you judging all of these people when you're guilty of the same things? If you're watching, I don't know, porn or something, and you call out somebody else who's struggling with it and who's admitted that they have a problem, I mean, you might be struggling with the same thing and you're just calling this other person out and that's not right. That's literally hypocrisy. Like, stop. <laughs> it's not right to call other people out. That's just not right. We all come from the same person. We all come from the king of all kings. And there's no point in judgment of race, of gender, of anything. If someone's homosexual, let them be homosexual. I mean, dang. I know it's a sin, but... I mean, we can stretch our arms out and bridge gaps between different societies and different groups that shouldn't be separated in the first place because we're all children of God and it doesn't make a difference at the end of the day. And to close out, Jesus says, after all of these people leave, because they know they didn't want to know Jesus, <laughs> he says, then... He straightens up and he says, woman, where are they? He's, he just says to her, where are they? All of these people left because they know that they were in sin too. They know that it's wrong to call other people out. That's not right. It's not right to call other people out. So if you are doing that and you've asked for repentance of it, stop doing it. Jesus said to sin no more. Cut it out of your life. Change your life, bro. Please. Don't let this stuff be the stuff that takes you to hell or leads you into even more sin. Cut it out of your life. Sin no more. Jesus says, has no one condemned you? And then she replies, no one. No one's condemned her because all of them are doing the exact same things. And they just want to they want to talk about her and they want to mock her. And they I just don't <laughs> like it's funny because why do people I just don't understand judgment. It's it's gross. Honestly, it's gross. It's nasty. No one, sir. Then Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. And God will never condemn you. He He's always waiting with open arms. We can commit sin and we think, oh my goodness, I can't, I just can't face God right now. I've done something so horrendous. When you need to face God and own up to your shortcomings, we're all weak. No one's amazingly strong. Even the greatest of saints and the greatest of clergy and the greatest of ministers have struggled and are struggling with things right now. And you, that you don't even know about. And it's not your business to know about that. But it is your business to take care of what you can do right now. And that is to ask for repentance of your sins. So that you don't feel guilt. 
you don't feel shame. So you don't get into all of these bad things that can happen to you, like suicide or depression or, uh, you know, like addiction, you know, some of those bad things. And if you are in any of those, by God, you will get through these things and you will, at the end of the day, say, weeping man endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Don't look at the situation right now. Look at the situation as you take the steps to right the wrongs that you've done. Ask for mercy. Understand God's mercy. Then ask for repentance and move on from these things so that they can make you stronger in your faith and as a person in general so that you can be one of those people that uses pain to sympathize with others rather than to exact that pain upon other people. And so, to conclude, I would like to read, Jesus says, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more from now on. From now on, go and sin no more. So, no matter what the temptation is, gossip, pornography, bullying, addiction, masturbation, all of these things, all of these vices that you might struggle with, procrastination, lust, gluttony, all of these things, greed, and idol worship, as in, I don't know, maybe you might use Snapchat for the, you know, I don't know, those streaks or whatnot, and you might be addicted to that, and you might put that over going to church on Sunday, which is extremely unfortunate, but you can break that. It's not as difficult as you think. And once you take those steps to freedom from these sins, you will feel much better. Remember that freedom isn't, I see myself in nine weeks and I wake up and I'm free. Freedom is an everyday choice. And every second that you say no to temptation, every hour that you say no to temptation, every week that you say no to temptation, every year that you say no to temptation, that right there is freedom. That right there is freedom. So I just like to leave you with that. And we've reached the end of the podcast. And I've had a really fun time with this episode. I hope you got something from it. And if you did, I hope you share it with a friend. And I thank you for your time. May God bless you and continue to keep you on your way as you grow into the world, spreading the word of Jesus Christ to all people. Happy Advent and may God bless. Thank you.